The global predators plan to eat their lunch, plus yours as well, part one. They say, quote, you will own nothing and be happy. This post is by Christian Elliott, and I did a podcast with him, and I have a link to it in the written description. This is Augustin Carstens, the general manager for the Bank for International Settlements. He speaks frankly and unselfconsciously about the evil plans behind a central bank digital currency, CBDC. He wants to eat your breakfast and dinner along with your lunch. Henry David Thoreau said, There are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil to one who strikes at the root. This is a summary of both parts. The global predators are not shy about revealing their plans, and COVID is just the start. Central banks have worldwide overwhelming economic power. Their sociopathic leaders are inflating and collapsing our currency to tighten their noose around us. They promote these menacing acts with names such as, quote, the Great Reset. Titanic companies and immensely wealthy individuals are flexing their power, and they have purchased the media. Money has been aggravated in monstrous institutions such as BlackRock. They advocate totalitarianism, and they have open plans to use central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, to control both individual and world finances. The Federal Reserve Bank and the Bank for International Settlements run the planet's money. They operate in secret and are only accountable to their private shareholders. The International Monetary Fund wields vast international powers as well. A few thousand people manage and control these groups. They openly document their plans on websites, at conferences, and even through patent filings. They maintain their control by compromising and blackmailing their subordinates and others. The situation is a mortal disease, but there are life-saving treatments. For the COVID frauds and murders, Dr. David Martin is implementing a legal strategy to put the perpetrators on trial. I will show you how you can help. Freeing ourselves from the central bankers will be more difficult, but Bitcoin adoption might do it. As you work your way through this essay, you will find some creepy videos starring Dr. Strangelove-type characters with German accents. If you watch these criminals on the videos, you will meet this evil face-to-face. And if these people prevail, we will be living soon in a real-life version of the novel 1984. If you cannot go through this post, either because you cannot stand it or do not have the time, I have a link to a completely accurate satire. COVID and the Vax Recap COVID countermeasures such as masking and social distancing are proven failures and the, quote, vaccines do not stop hospitalization or death. Recent UK studies show that the vaccine is worthless. The huge VAERS database and the comprehensive military whistleblower information, the latter presented by Senator Johnson, are additional proofs that the shot causes a tremendous increase in disease and mortality. Steve Kirsch's congressional testimony backing all this is at another link that I've supplied. Pfizer has been forced by a court order to release documents. The first 22.5% are out, and it doesn't look good for the company's future. 158,000 adverse events, 42,000 case reports, 
1,200 fatalities just in the first three months after the shots released. So they knew the Vax was a killer from the start. A BlackRock executive and a German insurance company confirmed this. Many physicians, including the influential Dr. John Campbell, are outraged and finally going public. Multiple sources are now showing a population-wide increased mortality of approximately 40% and increased deaths in the millennials of 84%. This explosion of fatalities occurred during the exact period that the vaccine was foisted on us. The data comes from Irrefutable Insurance Company and other sources. Worse, the shot is perpetrating the disease. We are now in a pandemic of the vaccinated. COVID hospitalizations and fatalities are disproportionately higher in countries and people with the highest vax rates. It has been called mass murder by many commentators. Those who still believe the mainstream COVID story are in a propaganda-induced trance. Those who are not hypnotized are having trouble identifying who we are fighting and how to get organized to stop it. Anything from science or government has lost all credibility for them. How the central banks dominate and exploit us. An excellent frequently censored reference is A History of Central Banking and the Enslavement of Mankind by Stephen Mitford Godson. Since World War I, the entire global economy has become progressively more dominated by privately owned central banks. These loan money, the national debt, to governments. As more and more money was owed, these lenders had more and more control and power. At one time, the U.S. currency had a banner that read, United States Note. Now it reads, Federal Reserve Note. The Federal Reserve, the Fed, was created in 1914. It was a new privately owned national bank. This move, number one, turned us away from individual states' banking systems. Only North Dakota now remains. Number two, controlled the nation's currency. Number three, set up the private bank from which the government borrows. Number four, broke the gold standard, the requirement that something tangible must back the money. Before this, paper money could be freely exchanged for gold stored in a vault. The Fed was allowed to print dollars by fiat. This new money would exist because they said it did. They could just ink paper and call it valuable. After this, when politicians made a campaign promise or fought a war, they did not need to raise taxes. And they did not have to work with a fixed money supply as individuals do. They could simply agree to raise the, quote, debt ceiling, which they have done more than 70 times since the 1960s. This is like raising the limit on a personal credit card when you run out of money. Our central banking system, number one, benefits those with the closest relationships to the money printer. Number two, allows the government to create more money anytime there is a perceived crisis. Number three, allows unchecked spending. Number four, creates inflation. Number five, devalues the currency. And number six, permits more and more government borrowing, which drives inflation higher. Number six is a law of economics as firm as a law of gravity. A good explanation of this section is found in a book called The Bitcoin uh, Standard by Mr. Amos. 
Despite this, we become hooked on the idea that the government's spending can save us. The short-term windfalls seem reasonable for a while, but the result is that central banking is permitted to steal from the poor and give to the rich. Our monetary system is being engineered to create a system where few except the wealthy have substantial personal property. The bankers call this the, quote, Great Reset. The following video is from the World Economic Forum website, and it describes what they want the world to look like by 2030. Access the creepy video below, and you can read more at another link. The Federal Reserve is solely accountable to the bank's private owners. They keep their assets and decision-making process secret, and the Fed has never been publicly audited. Majority ownership is held by the Rothschild family, and minority shares are held by several international banks. Mayor Amschel Rothschild once said, quote, Give me control of the economics of a country, and I care not who makes her laws. The few who understand the system will either be so interested in its profits or so dependent on its favors that there will be no opposition from that class, unquote. Just as credit card companies keep people enslaved using interest that never ends, so do private central banks keep nations enslaved with the same method. Proverbs 22.7 explains it. Quote, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is the slave to the lender, unquote. Elected leaders are endlessly beholden to the wishes of the financiers because of the debt. Montague Norman, the government governor of the Bank of England in the early 20th century, believed that he and his confederates owned their creditors. He said so, quote, Capital must protect itself in every possible way, both by combination and legislation. Debts must be collected. Mortgages foreclose as rapidly as possible. When through the process of law the common people lose their homes, they will become docile and more easily governed through the strong arm of the government applied through the central power of wealth under leading financiers. These truths are well known among our principal men who are now engaged in forming an imperialism to govern the world. By dividing the voters through the political party system, we can get them to expend their energies in fighting for questions of no importance. It is thus by discreet action we can ensure for ourselves that which has been so well planned and so successfully accomplished. That's from a 1924 speech to the U.S. Bankers Association. This was after both World War I and the formation of the Fed. It was before the Great Depression, which was caused by central bank machinations. Norman's modern successors share his attitude. Rulers invariably run out of money because they are unable to indefinitely raise taxes. They then borrow the funds from rich families using central banks. These institutions collect interest and demand favors. The system allows the wealthy to exert, or rather extort, profound influence over governments. The Bank for International Settlements, BIS, is the organization of central banks that manages the world's money supply. Its members are private banks owned by wealthy families from at least 60 countries. It is located in Basel, Switzerland, and was founded in 1930. It meets in secrecy. It doesn't take minutes. It can't be audited. It doesn't pay taxes. It can't be sued. It has its own police force. 
and it even has its own flag. It operates independently of any government. The group's loyalty is solely to their capital, which, quote, must protect itself at any cost, unquote. Centralized power and centralized control are the owner's goals. After World War II, the victors created the global monetary system. With so many currencies and no gold standard to keep exchanges between countries equitable, quote, leading financiers, unquote, created the International Monetary Fund, IMF. This institution coordinated the money flow between central banks. It was given the power to decide global exchange rates. This gave them the ability to control which national currencies retained their value and which did not. Since the IMF can potentially use this to crush any economy, they exert at least as much control over the system as national leaders. The Fed, the BIS, and the IMF rule the global money supply, and these are under the command of a few ultra-wealthy people. We were warned. Dwight D. Eisenhower, in his 1961 farewell speech as President of the United States, warned of the dangers of military and scientific power in combination. Quote, We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We must also be alert to the danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. His successor, John F. Kennedy, said something similar. Quote, We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system that has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Kennedy was taking steps to correct the situation. This is from Stephen Mitford Goodson's A History of Central Banking and the Enslavement of Mankind. Quote, On June 4, 1963, President John F. Kennedy issued Executive Order Number 11110, which instructed the Treasury to print $4 billion worth of $2 and $5 bills. These bills, backed by silver in the Treasury's vaults, were issued free of debt and interest with the, the money accruing not to privately owned U.S. Federal Reserve Bank, but to the U.S. government. This note issue formed part of Kennedy's long-term plan to reduce the power of the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank. On November 22, 1963, Kennedy was shot down by assassins in Dallas, Texas. Economic David Stockman commented on Alan Greenspan's part in this story, quote, Before Alan Greenspan fell off the wagon in pursuit of government power, position, praise, and riches, in his 1966 speech, Gold and Economic Freedom, he said the following, quote, 
In the absence of the gold standard, there is no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. The financial policy of the welfare state requires that there be no way for the owners of wealth to protect themselves. Deficit spending is simply a scheme for the confiscation of wealth. Alan Greenspan took the helm of the Fed in 1987. Some said that he sold his soul to the devil and America to the central bank. To be continued tomorrow.